Good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Welcome to episode number four of Merchants of Novgorod, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss everything went. Today with me are my two trusty co-hosts, Baby Joseph, commonly known as BJ, as well as Vila. And with that out of the way, let me introduce you to our guest this week. Some say he's a god himself. Others say he's the guy your girlfriend told you not to worry about. But the one thing is sure, he is one of the most talented Gwen players in the world and the winner of challenger number three. Please welcome the one and only Tailbot. How are you doing, guys? Doing well, doing well. I'm doing good too. Yeah, doing great. Hey. And before we get into it, a couple of words to our viewers. Guys, if you have any questions, we are going to have a Q&A segment in the middle of the stream, so please ask them now. My dear friend BJ has been charged with the task of collecting the more interesting ones, and we'll try to answer them during the segment I just told you about. And if you would like to uh, stay in touch also off-stream, follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. And if YouTube is uh, the preferred platform for you to watch the podcast, this episode is going to be uploaded onto my YouTube channel in a couple of hours as well. So guys, f the first segment, what have you been up to? And I think we can just start with our guest, Tailbot. What have you been up to these days? How is Gwen treating you? How is life? Uh, recently, I started streaming, if you don't know. Yeah, like two weeks ago, quite regularly. Almost every day. And yeah, mostly just that. Not, not, uh, nothing too interesting besides that. Nothing too interesting. Um, there's one thing that I want to ask you before we go to BJ and Villa. Is the cleaver somewhere there? Are we in danger? <laughs> is it on your desk? I've seen I've seen the clip, so I'm slightly worried. <laughs> is it there or is it not? It's there. Okay, guys. It's always there. It's we always better there. we 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 better keep an eye eye out on on table. But BJ and Villa, yeah. what have you been doing? Yeah, shall I start? Uh, sure. So yeah, um, I've been streaming uh, like like usual. A little bit less streams this week, um, but you know I'm very occupied with the uh, studies. Um, but yeah, I've been, uh, been been playing some Gwent, uh, trying out some uh, some new decks in the expansion. Been playing Harold Gord in a Call of the Harmony deck, and I got pro rank again, so that's good. And uh, yeah, and uh, something something else. I'm working on a secret project with uh, Dr. Dennis, uh, Mr. Habla, and Biba Boop. Which you guys will hear soon about. So I'm really excited for that. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, playing Gwent as well. Actually, I took like a week long break before getting back into it quite recently. And yeah, nothing that interesting playing Gwent and chilling out, enjoying life. Yeah, I see you are a man of few words as well, Villa, as usual. Uh, so, what have I been up to? As everyone else, I've been streaming Gwent, and similar to Villa, I took a short break uh, shortly after the expansion dropped. I was not too happy with how things were in the first week, but since then I've enjoyed it greatly. So I've been playing quite a lot, I've been streaming quite a lot, I've been memeing quite a lot, as usual. And to be honest, my, my last meme creation has been doing quite well in the lower ranks, so I feel happy about that. And of course, I've been working on the podcast. Um, Getting, getting guests, uh, improving the layout, stuff like that. And I continue writing articles for Team Rankster as well. So nothing out of the ordinary. But uh, we touched a bit upon the topic of the expansion. And that's going to be the next segment of our podcast, Iron Judgment. Guys, what have you been playing in Iron Judgment? And as always, I would like to start with Tailbot. 
What have you been playing? What have you been trying? How do you like this expansion so far? Uh, okay, so first of all, I like. I think I like the expansion. Yeah, I like the theme. I I'm really glad that armor came back to the game. I really, really like this mechanic. I think it's like very useful for balancing and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not that big fan of the defender defender uh, status, but I think it's it's not too bad. Like I don't mind it that much. And yeah, overall, I like the expansion. I played pretty much. I mean everything. And by everything, I mean everything that's at least decent, or that I see potential in, at least. And yeah, I mean, a good good expansion. Like seven out of ten, I would say. Seven out of ten. Oh, that's that's decent. Um, you said that you are playing everything that seems decent, and we talked about that briefly before the podcast. Esco. Like, we have to ask about it on the podcast, because I've noticed that the moment you put him in deck, for no specific yeah. reason, just, just to fit I feel in really good bit. in that moment. I feel, good. I feel great. When I put yeah, and then people just net decked it beyond belief. Like, I've seen so many decks with Eskel now. How do you actually feel about people uh, playing stuff that you've been trying out on stream? How I feel. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, it's. I mean, people like to net deck, right? If it, if they see something decent and I have like good results on stream of it, I'm not surprised that people are gonna net deck this. Like, people like to win, just just uh, as like like I do. And yeah, Escal is a really good card. I really like this card. It's it's simple, but it's strong. It's not crazy strong, but it fits. It can fit into pretty much almost any deck, and. It's, just decent, just decent card, like a filler card. If you don't know what to play, play Eskel. Yeah. Also, if if you wanna somewhat bail a bait uh, tower removal um, early on, you can just play Esco, and your opponent. Yeah, I mean is... that, that's the one exception. If you if your deck doesn't go tall, then you probably shouldn't play Eskel. But other than that, he's a really good card. And BJ, how do you like the expansion? How would you rate it compared to the other expansions? Because it's the third one. It's the third expansion uh, uh, to the people in chat who are new to Gwent. Uh, before that, we actually had Crimson Curse that dropped in March and Novigrad that dropped back in June. So this is the third expansion. CDPR is working on um, another one. Um, they um, they uh, run a three-month development cycle. So uh, the next expansion should be in December. So yeah, how do you guys rate it compared to the other expansions? I mean, compared to the others, I think the, the current expansion is very diverse. Um, every faction has their own decks that are being played on the ladder. Um, so compared to the other expansion, I think it's way more diverse. And it feels more balanced. I mean, they did, they did have to do a hotfix to the dwarves. But um, after that, it, it felt very balanced uh, overall. So yeah, I've been enjoying it um, when I, whenever I play uh, Gwent. Yeah, I think also uh, this expansion has been the best out of all the three. Um, I think there's not been that many balance issues. As Guys, I think we have some tech issues. Yeah. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if it's Discord. Yeah. might be on my end. How is, how is the stream doing? The stream is lagging. Yeah, I think it might be on my end. I feel like now it's fine. Yeah, it's, it feels better. I'm, I'm going to run a, a quick... Test it. Guys, uh, you continue talking, I'm going to run a quick test see what's going on. Okay. So yeah, Villa, continue. Yeah, so I've been, I think this is the best expansion. Um, 
yeah, it's it's definitely way more balanced than the uh, Syndicate expansion was early on. Uh, there was a lot of issues, especially with Bounty. That was maybe a bit too over-tuned at the start. But for, for, uh, for this expansion, I don't think I have any complaints. Of course, defenders uh, are quite good, but I don't mind them. Because if you deal, uh, there's efficient ways to deal with them, right? And um, yeah, I've been enjoying the expansion, even though I took a little break. But that's something that I honestly just needed to get back into the swing of of the game. Yeah, just I as I said um, earlier, uh, the first week was kind of rough for me. I, I I really struggled with the idea of defender and how to play around it. Uh, but I I actually got used to it. So um, I agree with Tailbot on on the topic that defenders. Uh, but there are people who are not going to be uh, huge fans of the new mechanics, but on the other hand, after a while, you you, you know how to play around it, and um, you, you don't feel it's that it's really that bad. Of course, there's one exception. I think uh, a lot of people are kind of upset about uh, Azar Javed uh, as a defender, but I think it was to be expected. But yeah, uh, tell what how would you rate this expansion um, compared to the other ones that we've already had? I already said seven out of ten. And compared to other expansions, yeah, I think I like it more than Crimson Curse, and yeah, probably more than Syndicate one too. Yeah, I think I like it the most from, so far. Like the Syndicate one was, I mean, it was maybe not as exciting because I mean, new, new faction is nice and all, but like the other factions didn't get any any mm-hmm. any support pretty much. And I'm also not that big big fan of uh, of the Syndicate faction and. Crimson Curse felt a little bit maybe uh, like it was uh, uh, didn't ha- have that much impact on the meta. Like there were a lot of filler cards and just not like there were most of the cards were pretty bad, like pretty weak, and so it didn't have that much of an impact on the meta. Yeah, and this one is this one is maybe went uh, too much into the other direction. Like most of the cards feel really strong. I think. Like, 70% of the expansion are like very good cards or like decent cards at least. And, yeah. There are not that many fillers compared to the other ones, which is okay, I guess. And, and what would you rate like the best uh, faction at the moment? The strongest or like, yeah, the strongest, the strongest uh, syndicate. Yeah. I think it's yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think, I think so like too. syndicate in a in the hands of a good player is probably the strongest faction. But would you say that uh, this expansion is the most game-changing in terms of how people actually play the game? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Because uh, we've had some some new mechanics. We have armor, obviously, uh, um, very useful. Uh, another tool to just balance the game, and we have we have defender. And how would you rate the balance? Because I've, I've, I've seen people saying this is probably one of the most balanced metas we've had in a very long time. Uh, balance is not great, not terrible, as I would say. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I'm quite sad that they didn't ner- nerf, nerf uh, Syndicate in the last hotfix. I think yeah. Syndicate right now has too many overtuned golds. Uh, not even golds, like bronzes too, but mostly golds. And if you try to build... Like if you would take few very good players and you made them, each of them try to build the strongest syndicate deck, all of them would look very similar because of the of the, of the like auto include cards that syndicate has. <laughs> um, but you said about um, most of the cards 
added in this expansion uh, that they feel very, very strong. Uh, I actually had a look at your Twitter and one of your previous posts from man months back, and somewhere back in early Homecoming, you said that there is a huge power disparity between between cards, and there is a lot of Mulligan fodder, just cards uh, being included in the deck just to meet their deck requirements, but not to be played in an actual game. How do you feel about that now? Three expansions uh, later. I feel pretty good, pretty good. I mean, CDPR pretty much fixed the issue, almost like the the bronze power creep changed the game for better, for like for me. And now it feels much better to play. Like the bronze cards don't feel like a Morgan footer anymore. And yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like they can stand on their own. Like you can get six, seven points out of four provision cards sometimes, which is pretty good. Yeah, I like it that the power creep. Maybe. They also, I like the power creep on the bronzes. I wouldn't mind if they like made it even bigger on the bronzes, but I think maybe they overdid it a little bit on the gold gold cards. I think right now in the game there are too many overtuned gold cards, and yeah. Um, a few more words about bronzes. How do you feel about CDPR saying, essentially three months ago, that um, they want bronzes from other factions? Um, to be on the same power level as the bronzes from Skalega and Syndicate. But I personally feel like the um, reference point is uh, is, is kind of watered down because obviously Skalega and Syndicate have significantly changed, significantly changed in the last uh, couple of months. So how do you feel about that statement? Do you think that CDPR should continue on reworking the bronzes of other factions? of Or, or do you think uh, the point where we are now is how it's going to look like uh, in the foreseeable future? Uh, I mean, I don't mind if they stick to the current power level of bronze cards. I think right now it's fine. I don't mind if it was a bit higher, but I think right now it's fine. And I wouldn't mind also if they uh, uh, if they stick to uh, trying to buff or rework the, the very weak cards, unplayable cards. Like I kind of like that. I like balance patches in the game. Yeah, me too. And for example, like they they changed the the pirate corsair, right? They they gave it like the same ability to like a necrot. The necrot of the like, seas. Yeah, <laughs> like because you, you mentioned like reworking cards and stuff. Like this is just basically like a copy pasta, right? I mean, if that makes the card more playable, then then I'm okay with that. I'm uh, particularly I'm not like I don't like the copy paste cards you know that some factions have, have right now like you know like the Corsair and the Necrot it's pretty much same card but like mm -hmm. two words different I'm not a fan of that but um, yeah I mean if the, if the cards gets like become playable then, then I think it's okay okay cool yeah uh, one thing that. because uh, they obviously haven't reworked bronzes from all the factions so do you think that all the factions now have bronzes on at roughly the same level, or do you think like some factions could get a little bit more love because we know that um, Skellige got some some changes in the meantime. Northern Northern Realms completely reworked a couple of months ago, but they haven't retouched, really let's say, Nilfgaard or or, or Squiatel. Do you think that there is still some work to be done, or they should just move on and then drop uh, you know smaller balance patches and then develop new content instead? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Like. I'm crying in Wolfpack. <laughs> I mean, some bronzes are still lacking. I wouldn't mind if they got improved in the future patches. And and definitely some, some factions have like better bronze packages than others. Like 
you mentioned Nilfgaard, and Nilfgaard probably has one of the weakest bronzes in the game right now. I wouldn't mind if they, you know, like improved some of them. Mm-hmm. I think Skrattel is fine. Like, I, when I look at the Skrattel bronzes, I, I have quite a few choices, but yeah, I think like they have a decent amount of good bronzes. Uh, yeah, one thing that people have been saying quite a lot is when it comes to Skellige and Novgaard specifically, there's only one way to play the faction, and in Skellige that's the, the priest combo, and in Novgaard that's the tactics package. So, um, do you feel like these things are okay as they are now, and like if CDPR ever decides to rework bronzes, they should just focus on other archetypes and, and encourage other ways to play the factions? Uh, I think the best example of that is Syndicate right now. Uh, as I mentioned before, like all the strongest Syndicate decks look pretty much the same. And there's really not, not much room for innovation in this faction. And that's also similar to Skellige. Skellige also feels like uh, you can... Um, like go only one way with the faction, just you know, self wound, armor, stuff like that, and there is nothing really because like let bloodfears before you had bloodfears, but bloodfears got a lot weaker uh, after the patches. You know, armor got introduced, like better boost cards, and overall the bloodfears cards didn't receive any buffs, like most of them. Some of them even got nerfed, and this card the same. Mm, they nerfed coral and brown. In one of the last patches, I mean, not last patches, like it was quite a few time ago. But yeah, they nerfed it and they, uh, it was bad. Uh, once they nerfed it, it was better already. And then, like, power creep happened and those car- cards stayed, stayed the same. So they're even worse now than they were before. So, yeah, in Skellige, I think you could just uh, try to try to buff um, uh, Blood archetype, maybe uh, buff some. And discard cards maybe revert the the nerf on coral on pivna, and then you would see more more variety in this in this faction. And with syndicate, I would just try to nerf like the those all those uh, overtune golds, like nerf nerf the hound, nerf uh, Luisa Savola combo, nerf professor, nerf uh, the defender. I mean even Philippa, like all of those cards are uh, are kind of broken and too strong, I think. Um, when we're talking about nerfs, do you feel like nerfing a specific archetype or a specific set of cards would encourage a different kind of gameplay? Because we've seen that with Bounty. Before the Bounty nerf, people were saying without Bounty Syndicate would not be the faction it is now. And then Bounty got nerfed, and all of a sudden people found two different, uh, a couple of different ways to play it. And the Bronze Package now is obviously much different than what it was a couple of months ago. So do you, do you feel like nerfing could uh, potentially en- like encourage people to, to play factions in a different way? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, auto-include cards are not very good for the game. Like the more auto-include cards you have in the faction, the the less diverse the building is gonna be. And Syndicate has quite a lot of them. So yeah, I think nerfing is the right approach. If the if the cards are too strong and they are auto-include, you should you should try to nerf them. BJ Villa, your input, guys. Yeah, pretty much agree. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> classic villa well, classic villa but yeah i was thinking like you mentioned like philippa should get nerfed but philippa has been like for has been like this for like a while now and uh i, I don't i, I don't mean, think cd is intending philippa is not that far away from being like balanced i think she, she should be on the power level so you maybe you don't want to uh, obviously you don't want to put her in every deck 
just should be on the power level where maybe you would consider not playing her if, if we don't have like a heavy engine meta and she would be a very good tech choice if mm-hmm. like engine meta uh, happens then you would play her yeah yeah like if, if she's auto include then and i yeah. feel like she is like but she doesn't need uh, like a big nerf like th- there are mm, like stronger gold cards in syndicate um, i wouldn't mind seeing her like uh, one provision more expensive yeah and, exactly uh, yeah kind of expanding on the topic of uh, buffs and nerfs um Everyone's favorite card as of now is bribery, it seems. I've seen a lot of people just saying, oh, bribery should be nerfed, or no, bribery is fine. I've been seeing messages like that, posts like that for a while now. How do you feel about cards like that? Cards that are based on RNG, but have a more or less limited pool of what they can get you. How do you feel about bribery or imperial diplomacy and and overall just RNG cards that exist in the game right now? Okay, uh... I don't. I'm not a big fan of RNG cards that have huge va- variants, and bribery is a good example of that. Uh, some people say that uh, there is no reason to ex- uh, no reason to, to complain about bribery because it's the same card as it was before. So why complain uh, complain about it now and not before? Why didn't you complain before? But that's not true. I mean, before before uh, I used to run bribery in my it was few months ago, uh, when I climbed Pradle uh, to qualify for Open, uh, I got my Nivgar pick with uh, Morvan deck, which ran uh, Commander's Horn and Meno, and you could shuffle back the Commander's Horn so you can replay it uh, one, once, so you can play it two times. And then I ran Bribery as a you know backup Meno target, to not break. And back then, it felt bad to play Bribery. Like, you felt like, on average, this card is not giving you enough points. You run it just, just, just so your menu doesn't break, and you didn't feel good about uh, playing this card. But right now, uh, it's much different. Like bribery got got quite a significant significant uh, buff because you know all the if all the cards bribery creates free cards from opponent's deck. If if the cards get uh, better and they got better in power creep uh, patch, then the bribery also gets better. And Bribery got quite a lot stronger now. And uh, it feels like, on average, you don't even feel bad about playing this card. Like, you feel, you feel like, on average, for eight provisions, you can easily get like nine points out of this card, which is pretty damn good. Before, it was like seven points, maybe on average. So you had to pay for that. And now it's, it's definitely much stronger. And this card has a huge variance. It can sometimes give you five points, sometimes it can give you 20 points. And you can also replay it now because Stefan is uh, not. Yeah. Stefan, yes, Stefan yeah. is also yeah. a lot better yeah. card now, mostly because of the defender, but still. I think one of the reasons bribery is much stronger than it was before is they um, decoupled damage from units, so now you see a lot more people running a lot more specials in your in, in their decks. So the pool of cards that you can pull with bribery got significantly slow, lower because yeah, it only plays units. Yeah, yeah, so... I feel like those heavy, swingy uh, RNG cards shouldn't be mm, that strong. They should, uh, they shouldn't be as efficient on average. Like I, I think if right now bribery is, if you want to play uh, Enslave Five, then bribery is like a stable, stable tactic card. And I feel like it should be on a power level. So it's a consideration, maybe a consideration if you want to go twelve tactics. That's, that would be the right power level. And if, if it's a, like a stable when you go 8, and 
uh, everyone goes eight at least, then it's probably too strong. Yeah, I feel like they um, they made a step in the right direction by introducing um, tactic cards that are neither damage or RNG. For example, battle preparations and war council. Of course, war council has a very negative effect on uh, the playability of a tactical decision, aka um, Calvite. But I think it's a step in the, in the right direction. I think that maybe in the future we'll see fewer RNG cards, fewer RNG tactics, and more tactics that actually have an actual effect. Um, yeah, BJ, Villa, how do you feel about that bribery, implement diplomacy, cards that can give you potentially very high value? Yeah, I don't... I don't... I don't, I don't really like RNG cards, honestly. I think, like, when they announced Homecoming, they said that RNG would go down, way down, actually. And I don't feel like it has gone down as much as they promised. Uh, however, I do think that, of, of course, bribery can be good, but then you also have to remember the fact that it, it can be really bad. Like, it can lose you the game if you don't get the consistent value, if you don't get the big... Like, it can give you just bronzes, and if it gives bronzes, it's... It's terrible uh, for eight provisions, but then again, like said, uh, it supports Ardle, uh, and yeah, it basically is one of those auto include cards when you play Ardle, especially right now when Assimilate is also very strong. Yeah, and not only that, like with Scoitel being played a lot and like Monsters being played a lot more, um, you can get cards like Oak, uh, Barnabas, you can get Igern or, or Osro. So, like Tilbert also mentioned, like. Bribery is, is, is a lot better than the last couple seasons. Uh, this season. Actually, Barnabas is not really worth much in Nilfgaard. Unless nah, you okay, create a card sure, beforehand. If you create a card with like diplomacy, right? For example, it's right, um, almost yeah. always going to be at like 8 points. And, and you can easily trigger Glynis with the Assimilate, um, which you also have to take into account. Yeah, one thing with um, with Oak Hyperthin, uh, with Oak is that Nilfgaard always kind of hyperthins. It always goes to very few cards in, in in deck. So what you can possibly do is you can play Bribery fairly early on, for example, round round two, get Oak, and then get him back with Asira. I've seen that being being done. So I think that's that's another problem with Bribery that you can just you know put those cards back in your deck. At some point, if you played it early. But one thing that I want to talk about is because you said um, bribery gets stronger because uh, Stefan is enabled by uh, by defenders. Do you feel like defenders just encourage people to play more greedily? Do you think like there's more greed in the game right now? Tailbot? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see it, right? Before before the patch, Damien and Skellen were pretty much unplayable. Or not very good, and now everyone everyone plays them, mm-hmm. and, and that's mostly just because of the defender. Like yeah. their survivability rate increased by a lot just because of the defender. Yeah, but on the other hand, if you are if we are talking about Damien, uh, before Nilfgaard actually had muzzle, so it kind of evens out, I would say, because now muzzle is not a tactic, so you cannot replay it, you cannot pull it uh, out of your deck with Meno. So I feel like. Replaying Ardo's ability, okay, replaying Enslave, because that's where Damien is mostly used, and I compensate for that. Yeah, I mean, with the defenders, you know, being like uh, auto included, you can play a lot of those 
cards like Damien and Steven and even Kingslayer. I don't know if you've tried a Kingslayer Tilbot, but like even that card is like pretty decent at the moment because she also triggers Simulite when you play that card. And you can just get another uh Steven Scanlon or Damien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually played Kingslayer. I played a full, um, full on like all in assimilate deck with with Kingslayer, where I could replay bribery multiple times. So basically, I would set up defender, Skellen, Kingslayer, and and sometimes it would be absolutely crazy with bribery. Sometimes you would just get out of a 50, 60 point deep just just by replaying bribery three times if you got a little bit lucky. Yeah. So the grid is definitely there, and I think you can see that a lot in in Syndicate. Where um, their defender effectively oh. make, makes it like, nearly impossible to oh. get rid of double seductress or, I mean, or or Savola Frightener. Thing is, double seductress is not being played that much anymore. But, I've yeah, seen a lot. Yeah. No, maybe not a lot. I've seen being played. I think oh, that yeah, people, uh, still, people still play it, play. but I don't think it's optimal to play the portal into seductresses anymore. But people still do it, yeah. and it's not, it's not bad. It's just not optimal. Um, I think that the reason is just because Portal got got nerfed. It's it's more expensive now. Yeah, and uh, Syndicate got uh, a lot of very good golds in the expansion. So yeah, you have a lot of ways to uh, a lot of ways to replace this Portal. Yeah, and Portal kind of brings me back to the topic of things you you say back back in the day. And at some point, I think that was also early homecoming said that. A lot of neutrals feel very, very powerful, and they should be nerfed. Do you? Do you? Of course, they change most of them um, over over the, over uh, various patches. But do you feel that Porter was one of those cards, one of those problematic neutrals that were somewhat dominating the game? Mm, and maybe it was. I think the one provision nerf was fair to Portal. Like in the decks that Portal was really strong, those decks did play Portal, and now. Sometimes you would play Portal because you didn't have anything else to play, and now that's not the case. So yeah, it decreased the the rate uh, that people play this card, but it's still playable. It's still a good card, so I don't mind. Yeah, yeah and, and speaking of neutrals, uh, personally, I'm I'm not a huge fan, but um, they they added a neutral archetype. We have bandits, so we've seen Skellig decks that are basically neutral decks. How do you feel about that? Because personally, I feel like factions should be supported by neutrals and not neutrals supported by factions. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of neutral archetypes, but how do you guys feel about neutrals having their own archetypes that can just be played with a faction leader? Mm, I don't mind if it's like, if it's not the main archetype. And right now, I don't think it's the main archetype. Like, Skellige uses some of the bandit cards because, you know, they have armor, they synergize with armor, and Skellige also synergizes with armor, so that's... But you don't see like full banded decks right now on the ladder. Yeah. They're not good. Full banded decks are just a meme, so it's just a meme for people to play with. I don't think it's something to worry about that much. Um, but I agree. I totally agree that like neutral should support the faction and should, you know, they should not be too strong. But the banded deck is not strong enough to to be like competitive deck. Yeah, that's for sure. Vila, would you like to expand on that thought? No, I think, yeah, like I said, uh, neutrals should uh, support factions. Like I said, uh, bandits, well, some of the bandit cards have a lot of armor, for example, and they give armor, I, I don't remember what the four-point uh, guy is called, but on deploy he gives two armor to him in hand. That already synergizes with priests, 
and a lot of other Skellige stuff. So these gun neutrals I'm fine with, as long as they're not too powerful on their own, rather than... Uh, rather I'd have them support, like, for example, those Skellige cards, uh, engines, uh, mostly. Um, yeah. Good point. Good point, Vila. Uh, I feel like there is a lot of potential topics uh, that you can touch on when, when talking about the expansion, but one thing that I, 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 I think is very important to notice uh, how much of an impact uh, the last challenger and this expansion have on the uh, popularity of Gwent. I'm not sure if you guys ever checked the stats of, of Gwent on, on Twitch, but Gwent went from a significant deep a couple of months ago. Like, Novigrad Faction did not increase the viewership at all. Like the, the number of players actually increased, but the, because there is somebody who checks that out, who, who does the math. But when it comes to viewership and the overall popularity of Gwent, it, it did nothing. But now we, we, we see like a wave of optimism regarding Gwent. And do you guys think that this wave of, of, of positivity around Gwent is going to last? Or are we going to go back to the deep um, in the next couple of months? I mean, for sure, right? Like you see what's happening to Hearthstone. Lots of negative news about Hearthstone, like Blizzard. So people are not going to play Hearthstone and they might join Gwent. So if I think... If if there is a lot of positivity about Gwen, then definitely it will increase uh, the player, right? Uh, the viewers on that Twitch, and yeah. I mean, if if the game is go going to improve, and the player base will also improve. Yeah. Yeah, I th I think the game is going in the right direction for now. Uh, but if they delay on Gwent Masters and Season Two and stuff like this for way too long, like then it's obviously gonna eventually go down again. Yeah, speaking of good directions, mobile. We are just after an expansion and we know that mobile is coming to iOS at the end of this month. Do you guys think it's the right direction for Gwent? Or do you think they should focus more on improving the existing content or adding new content and things like transferring Gwent to other platforms to just wait? Do you think there's more pressing issues or do you think it's the right time for, for, for Gwent to come mobile? I mean... I've been talking about about this many times, but I do think that you know iOS and like Android, once it's on there too, I think it will definitely um, increase the player base. But like you said, is it the right time? I mean, there are some features that are, that are still missing. For example, the observer mode and like no, not the observer, the spectator mode. Ah, uh, the spectator mode. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, the spectator mode and I mean the observer mode is still in beta. So those are like features that should still, uh, you know, get attention by CD Projekt Red. But I feel like those um, features are a little bit on the background and they are not, you know, really working hard on it. And they are like, like right now they are just focusing on the mobile. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it definitely will increase the player base. At least I hope so. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Tell us your thoughts on, on mobile. Have you actually played? Have you tried? I, I tried it at the Challenger. And I'm not the kind of guy that plays on his phone. I don't, I don't enjoy playing on my phone, but it felt pretty good. Like, it felt like it's, it's a good port. And I think it's also the right time to, to release Quantum on mobile. The like, game feels pretty good right now. I enjoy it. And yeah, I also think it's gonna uh, increase the player base too. Yeah, I actually uh, like the mobile, especially the iOS coming out right now. Like iOS is, I dare say, probably the biggest 
a, a platform probably also the easiest to create a mobile game right now. And I think it's going to make uh, Gwent way more reachable, in, especially in uh, uh, like Asia, Asia. Asia mobile games are huge. So I'm very optimistic towards iOS and you know, think that it will bring a lot of new players. And yeah, I'm positive about it right now. Okay, guys. Um, I think it's it's time we move it's to time. the next segment. But just the just just time. a short question: Is there anything else regarding the actual expansion that you guys would like to discuss right now? Maybe maybe there is something from chat regarding the expansion. Um. Yeah, I don't see any questions uh, for the expansion. So uh, maybe we should just jump in Q&A and... Q&A. Tailbot, get Q&A. ready. Because it's yeah, coming. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's the segment everyone was waiting for. Everyone was waiting for. <laughs> and yes, there was a question. The first question was from Alice. And she asked you, uh, how did you come up with your nickname? Uh, I, I get asked this question a lot. And uh, I always come up with a different answer. Different, different answer. <laughs> so this time, mm, uh, I would just like to, to have a tail, you know? So that's what tail comes from. And also, in the future, I would like to, I would like my consciousness uh, uh, to be moved to a machine. That's where bot comes from. <laughs> tail, okay. bot. <laughs> that's that's a good one that's a really good one but how do you feel about people actually calling tail god to be honest yeah to be absolutely honest like we, yeah, we always appreciate honest. honesty honesty i find it a little bit maybe not cringy but i don't know it's it doesn't it feels a little bit cringy for me like i don't really really <laughs> Yeah, I can I can imagine why, and and I was I was actually surprised that um yesterday on um this weekend went, uh, Buja actually promoted this episode as the God is gonna be on the show. Yeah, and that oh, that God. that felt a little bit cringy as well. I was like, mm, mm, mm. oh God. <laughs> no, but I I don't mind it. Like, no, it's not 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 yeah, a big deal. I mean, it's a compliment in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think it really comes from the fact that your um, tournament persona is just so confident. Yeah, yeah, I think the the like the right moment for that maybe in a tournament when I when I make it like a good play and then someone types tile god or something like that, then 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 it's the right moment for exactly, that. Exactly right. Yeah. Think, yeah. Uh, what's the story behind your tournament act? Uh, tournament act. Yeah, because yeah. we feel like. Tailbot that we see in the tournaments, talking about destroying his enemies and being the best player in the world, is much different than Tailbot who sits here talking to us, or the <laughs> Tailbot who's streaming and talking to his viewers. Yeah, I mean, the answer is simple. I just, I just find it pretty funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I agree. I always laugh at it when, when there are like when Sid Butcher that like asks these few questions and then you, you respond with like really great ways to. Uh, to impress the people, yeah, I love it. And uh, uh, there was more questions. Um, so at the challenge, right, the last tournament, you decided to opt to play Cleaver, not DJ, when everyone was playing DJ. Um, I already talked about you uh, to you about it when when I was in Warsaw, but maybe you could um, 
explain your 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 choice for cleaver to the chat uh, i mean now everyone knows now everyone is playing cleaver on the ladder everyone knows it's a better leader and yeah that's why i chose it i i like i figure out it's just a better leader like more, more points more value uh like more flexible yeah i just liked it a lot more than dg yeah, and it is also a leader ability that you know can easily thin your deck, for example, when you need to. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely. Uh, I think just... everything, everything, everything was said about Cleaver already. Why he's good. Yeah. And why you should play him. Exactly. So I hope that uh, answers your question, uh, Brother. Um, and how would you compare Gwen to like other CCGs? Like people are playing uh, Legends of Rune Terra now, and like Midgard is on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, I like it more. I I think I just like the that Gwen doesn't have like a mana system or or something uh or something like that. I mean, there is a reason why I quitted Hearthstone uh, once I tried Gwent. Like, it, Gwent just felt, felt a lot better for me. Like, it felt like I've, like, bigger, like, my decision matter more. I have, you know, I can, uh, I have more decisions to make, and um, I have more, more flexibility. Like, it's not like turn one, one mana, I play my one drop, then I play my uh, two drop, then I play my three drop, you know, and, like, it's, I, I have ten cards in hand, I, I can play anything I want. Uh, uh, like the the resource management is also very important in Gwent. Like when to pass, what to commit in the first first round or stuff like that. It's uh, I also really enjoy it. Yeah, and, and the other card games feel feel pretty similar to each other. I think uh, Magic: The Gathering, Hearthstone, and like Legends of Runeterra. I didn't try, but it's also pretty similar. I think you know we have the mana system. You have uh, you know you uh, you draw one card every turn. Player cards. Then you, like, you there is a battle phase when you, you know attack and opponents defend mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it's, I think it's just less interesting for me. Do you think like Gwent is more complex? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. Yeah. How do you feel about the uh, reward system in Gwent? Because I actually had that discussion yesterday in my own stream, and somebody said um, they came from another game and they feel like. Gwent is not rewarding enough for um, for new players. Well, personally, I think that Gwent is probably the most generous CCG on the market. Uh, so how do you, how would you compare it in terms of um, free-to-play experience and the rewards you get from Gwent to other games? I mean, it's, it's hard to compare because I didn't try many games and I don't have many much new player experience in other games. So that's why. But I think like, Gwent is pretty generous at least. You know, it was quite a, quite a, it's quite some time uh, already after I started playing Gwent. It's already like, like almost three years probably. So I don't really remember how was the new player experience back then. But now that I have all the cards, and so I don't really pay attention to that. But I think it's pretty good. And what from what I hear from other other players, like new players, uh, they also think it's it's like good. It's generous. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What yeah. do we have? Oh, I have I have a very controversial question because I feel like that the the atmosphere talking about the expansion and balance was very dark and grim, and there is something that somebody asked me to to ask you. What's the story about your feet reveal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I know it's a stupid question, but I promised I'm gonna ask this on on podcast, and people just want to know where did they come I from. I mean, it was just random, random idea. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I wanted to do something random for the for the <laughs> you know sub goal, and I did. <laughs> and, and speaking about your stream, because um. Technically, you haven't streamed that much. Like you are somewhat new to the streaming scene, right? You stream a little bit back, uh, back I think October, November, stuff like that, and then after almost a year, you came back. Uh, what prompted that decision? Like, how did you get into streaming? How did you decide to stream regularly? Uh, right now, what what made me stream was basically I got I got bored. Like the break from the tournaments is too long. It's already almost a year. I feel like. Before, when there was a ladder, you know, then I played Gwent every day, a few hours to grind the ladder, and qualify for tournaments. But now it's like almost one year break, and yeah, I just got bored. I ran out of the out of stuff to do, and yeah, I decided that I'm gonna start streaming too. You know, and and do you enjoy it? Do do you find the um, playing experience on stream much different from grinding the ladder, for instance? Oh yeah, it's definitely much different. Like uh, your performance drops on the stream definitely because okay, it's not as bad if you if you don't pay much attention to the chat, but if you try to you know pay attention to the chat, you read it, then it's really hard to do you know two things at once. Like you get distracted a lot, and sometimes you make stupid mistakes. Like I mean, really stupid mistakes, like roping out, misclicking stuff like that. And I made quite quite of quite some of those mistakes on the stream already. Which is, I mean, it feels maybe not as good, but it's, I guess it's good for the chat. Good, good uh, entertainment. Yeah, I agree with that. Good op- Especially with roping. That well, feels so relatable. In chat, I guess. Uh, yeah, but uh, it doesn't, uh, I play worse, and I know that, but it, it's not, it doesn't feel as bad because I, I'm also not tryharding. Like, I know. Uh, I don't care about my result. I don't care uh, how far I will climb because the season doesn't matter. So why should I care? Yeah. And uh, and if I enjoy streaming, yeah, I think uh, I enjoy it. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, speaking of tryharding and and seasons and and tournaments, we're gonna get there in a moment. But there is one, I think, also cringy question. Um, that I got from somebody, and that's why do you think you are the best player in the world? It's a very cringy question. I'm not sure if you actually agree with that <laughs> statement, but we promised to ask, so here it is, chat. You got it. Tell what. The microphone is yours. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna answer honestly. I Right now, at this moment, I don't think, I don't feel like I'm the best player because... You know, I'm not, I'm not in the, I'm not tryharding on the ladder. I don't play that much Gwent. Right now, I'm, I'm playing on the you know, stream, so I don't. There, there are players that, that are more committed to Gwent right now, and they probably, probably play better than me. So it's probably not true, right now. But I also feel like if I wanted to be the best player, I could. Like if I started tryharding now, I would easily get quite quickly to, to the level, you know, of being the best. Yeah. Do, do you think that you? I mean, the best. I mean, at the very top, there is a very, very small difference between players. 
Like the level of players is very similar at the very top. You have, I feel like you have maybe, you know, there's top three, like top three best performing players at the time. Like, and then there is maybe 10 to 20 players which are you can tell that they are a little bit worse, but they are still very very good. And then there's the rest. At least that's how I see it. Yeah, and do you think, like you see, you mentioned, like I, I can still be the best player of the world, but do you think you can still be the best player in the world when you stream? Because you mentioned that you can also like make mistakes sometimes on, when you stream. Mm, no, no, no. Yeah, so you, you would have to stop streaming. If streaming is be... too big of a disadvantage. Yeah, 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 I agree. I, I totally experienced that myself too. Um... You know, I I know all about being called a Pepega, you know. <laughs> but uh, and uh, yeah, the last question for the Q and A. Um, what would what would what would be your dream way of qualifying to like a tournament? My dream way to qualify for tournament. Yes. Okay. Good question. Hmm. <laughs> um, I know, getting invited, so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I mean, you, you already showed what, what you're capable of, right? They should just invite you to every tournament. <laughs> um, I mean, I already proven myself that I can qualify the hard way, so it would yeah, exactly. be you know, a yeah. nice change to just get invited and you know, save some time. Um, speaking of qualifying and, and, and tournaments, I think it's the right moment to just move to that segment. Um, pro rank grinding no season two. General thoughts. How do you feel about pro rank just existing right now without any any higher goals, without there not being any tournaments, without season two not being announced? Do you even think there is a reason to play professionally at this moment? No, there is no reason. <laughs> there is no reason. No tournaments. No reason to play. And like. Trying to play at professionally, but you can play to have fun. Yeah, sure. Yeah, to prove yourself. I mean, still, for some people, you know, getting that number one is gonna feel nice, even if they like doesn't really do anything, just a number. For some people, it's gonna feel nice, and they're gonna still try to get that number one or like very good spot, even if they you know don't qualify for tournament in exchange, but. Yeah. I mean, Actually, for me, that's a big deal. Like, I, uh, for me to play Gwent, I need, I need, I need those tournaments. I got addicted. And before, I was playing for fun. Then I, you know, tried. Then I played competitively, and uh, and it's much different. Much different. Once you go competitively, uh, you never come back. I mean, now it's just. It feels like you like. There's no purpose to play for me, even if the game is fun. It feels like something is missing, you know? Yeah. Um, actually, to kind of expand on the question, the last question from the Q&A and on this topic, um, Nexus asks, uh, what do you think is the best format for qualifying for tournaments? Because I remember one of your tweets from way back when you said that the, the decision to make the season shorter was not good. So like, let's say you were in charge, right? As a competitive player, as, as the challenger winner, what would you think would be the best a uh, format for qualifying for tournaments in Gwent? Like league or, or just smaller tournaments to qualify for bigger tournaments? I mean, 
I don't mind ladder qualification. Yeah, I know it's, it requires grinding, which some people are not fan of, but it's also very, very consistent. And for me, I think the most important thing is to for tournaments to um, that the you know the very best players actually get to play in them. You know, like a very consistent way to, for to actually you know finding those best players and then uh, letting them play in the tournament. And so I don't really mind uh, ladder, and and that's also the reason why I really hate qualifiers because they are very random, and I hate that. I really hate. I really do. Even though I, I, I think I like won one one qualifier. It was uh, I mean it was like cha- challenger free. I think I qualified for challenger free in like three different ways. I mean I had the most crown points. I won a qualifier and I also and something else. I don't really remember. Maybe that was other challenger. But yeah, I won the qualifier and it didn't feel good to be honest. There were there were like two hundred people in this qualifier. I won it and it felt. Oh, wow. I didn't feel like I was, you know, the best player after I won it. Like oh, getting top uh, number one spot on the ladder felt like like I'm the very best player, but winning qualifier didn't feel like that. It feels like uh, I was very lucky too. Like I played good. I know that I played good, but it felt like I also got lucky. And yeah, uh, and also what I'm not. Uh, I also heard some ideas about like click format. Uh, which seems like it's not the, also not a bad idea, and I think it could work in Gwent pretty well. Yeah, I also wouldn't mind something like that. Maybe as an alternative to the ladder, if they if they decide that they don't want to, if they don't want season season two to be based on ladder, then they could do like a league format. I, I just hope it's not it's not quali- uh, qualifiers. Um, you said that it feels good to be number one on the ladder, that you feel like you achieved something. But um, there, there's been a dis- uh, discussion um, uh, within Team Rankstar and, and some of our players, and some of them are saying that Pro Ladder is actually too accessible, that it's too easy to get to Pro Ladder. Your take on that? Do you think the Pro Ladder, like the format of Pro Ladder right now, is in a good spot, or uh, or should they change something in, in the near future, like if they announce season two, if there's a reason to play on Pro Ladder? Maybe it's too easy. I mean, I think the the uh, the way to get brother should be as easy, so we have enough people to, for queue to not be too long. Like right now, I think you could you could make it harder, and the queue times would still be okay. So, yeah. Um, one thing that was also noticed is, um, people feel like you get to. People just want to get to pro ladder. It feels like an achievement for them. But once they are on the pro ladder, they are forced to play on the pro ladder. They don't don't, don't have a choice to to play on the regular ladder anymore, right? How do you feel about that? Like, do you think that there should be, that the system should be reverted to what it was in the beta, where you can just decide on on playing on normal or pro, like if you qualify it? Yeah, I think having a choice would be nice. Once you qualify for pro, you, uh, like having a choice if you want to play in pro or normal ladder would be would be nice. Nice thing. Maybe it's. Maybe, for example, you want to test the deck first before you go to the pro ladder, and then you can do that in you know in the other matchmaking. No, I think it's like I don't, I don't see a reason why there shouldn't be like why this option shouldn't be in the game. And and um, rewards because uh, back in the day when when you reach a certain rank or or you got the pro up or you were two hundred or something like that, there were like 
re re rewards, mostly cosmetic, but you got something in return for making that achievement. Right now, there is nothing. Like, do you think that sh they should reintroduce rewards like that to you, to incent um, incentivize playing on the ladder, even if there is no actual competitive season? Yeah, I also think that's not a bad idea. I mean, for some people, it's gonna feel good if they, you know, if they receive something after after reaching ladder, like if they actually see a reward or something mm -hmm, exactly, on the screen. Yeah. That that's probably gonna feel good for them. Like, but a lot of people also don't care. I don't think it's that important. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, Villa, because you 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 said you took a break. Yep. And I know that you are actually considering Mythgard as many other pro players. Just mm -hmm. I, I think Molegion made made a tweet pop back. It wasn't a tweet per se. It was like fairly long and well articulated message. Do you think that there's gonna be a moment when people just abandon Gwent because there's no competitive season? Depends how long uh, the announcement takes. If it takes anywhere near, like I, th I think every everyone's line is somewhere somewhere early next year. If it doesn't, if nothing comes out early next year, it just might be that uh, competitive quent might not honestly be that much of a thing anymore. Uh, especially when I think, at least from, from what I understand, Mythgod is also trying to build up an esports scene. So we could very well lose a lot of players for that, especially. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of people saying, "I give it another month," or "I give it, I give it time until the end of the year." Tell, but what's your position? Like, do you have a deadline of some sorts where we say, "Okay, now I'm just gonna give up on Gwent because there's nothing for me to do anymore"? Do you think that there should be? No, like, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. So <laughs> I believe that believe season two is gonna happen at some point. And I'm probably not not gonna venture into you know other areas of my life until they they announce this season two, or they just say that season two isn't gonna happen. Then, uh, well, uh, we actually had Buja, um, and he said season two is gonna happen because it has to happen. They, he said the format is probably gonna be different, but they are not ready to make an announcement yet. So it feels like they said something. Okay, it's gonna happen, but nobody know knows when and how. And I think that's where a lot of frustration comes from. Just people and also, say, I, I, I'm not gonna leave Gwen, Gwent until uh, Gwent Masters. Oh yeah, right. At least, yeah, like, it makes, there's, it makes there's also Masters, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, he actually I told mean, us that they consider. If, um, if, we, if we don't know anything about season two after Gwent Masters, then I would maybe think about it again. But I think at that point there should be something like there should be some information at least about season I mean, two at that point. I have to, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, uh, one thing that Bujet told us is that they consider launching season two before the masters and doing masters somewhere in between because they feel like there is um, they, they have been out of the um, competitive scene for so long. There's been only two, two tournaments since Homecoming that they feel like they need to get all the attention and all all the viewership and, and the interest in tournaments back before doing masters. Yeah, I, I, wish, I, wish they, I wish they do that. The sooner the better. So yeah, we are just waiting for an announcement. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Silver Red, give it to us. <laughs> yeah. And um, there, there's no season two. There's no announcement. We already talked about that. How, how would you feel about playing in community tournaments? There's there's some of them. Like the, uh, I mean, right now, now there are no, but... 
I, th- I think there's uh, like one soon, like the, the, the top six, eight, something like that, of one of the tournaments. Yeah, the EGC, right? Yeah, the EGC, yeah. 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 Honestly, I, I don't enjoy playing in those kind of tournaments that much. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. How, how come you don't enjoy those uh, community tournaments? I don't know. I, I need to get something in return for, for my time investment. If there is like. I mean, if there's like decent, maybe some prize pool or something like that, then yeah, I could try. But if there's nothing or it's like, yeah, not much, then it's like not worth my time. I think. I think it also takes a lot. The the worst thing about tournaments is that it takes like you need to commit a few hours a day. You know, there's a yeah. day and you need to commit like a few hours to actually play in those tournaments. And no, I I don't like that. I also I enjoy playing like. A bit and then taking a breaks and maybe some stuff like that. I, I don't enjoy playing a few hours, you know, like uh, in a row, you know. Yeah, I agree in that. I, I participated actually in quite a few community tournaments uh, recently over the summer uh, for the EGC qualifiers. And I didn't like it at all. But personally, I like to do things my own way. I'm playing in a tournament, you have to invest at least six hours of your day just to play straight and the wait uh, for each match also would be very long so uh whereas i like more playing a couple hours take a break play a couple hours i think this uh, keeps me more energetic and energetic and also makes me play more optimally and yeah just playing six hours straight and the wait being so long i don't i don't think it's no but it's not it's not ideal and i don't think it's really even that healthy yeah, that's yeah, why I, mean, I don't enjoy it. Definitely not healthy for you. Like you have to eat and like drink, and like it's really hard to to do that. To actually stay focused for yeah, that too. Such a long like, period of time. Yeah, I feel like this is your segment technically, and technically. I, I, I know <laughs> that you have some more questions. So <laughs> we are waiting. We yeah, so I'm curious that. actually to know, uh, Dale, but how do, how do you decide on a tournament lineup? So what's your thought process behind that? Uh, do you look at, how, and how much does actually pro ladder influence your uh, lineup decision making? Mm, I mean, it depends. It depends what's the like, state of the matter at the, at the moment. Uh, usually, I mean, pro ladder kind of influences things because I mean that's uh, how you get to know wh- what meta looks like because you play in the prodder, you know, you know what what like to play, what is strong, what is what is weak, and yeah, I mean how I prepare, I usually just um, try to analyze the meta and try to predict what what people are gonna bring, and then also what what's my ban is going to be, and then try to build a lineup around that. Like I know what I'm banning. And then there is there is there are uh, like what what are the other decks and then try to beat the lineup so that, that I can beat them and yeah I mean it's pretty simple actually like I don't pay that much uh, that, that much attention to to preparing at least I I used to I used to um, uh, I used to uh, like prepare very little. Uh, in like in previous tournaments in beta, I think there was, yeah, there was like one tournament, and it was, I think it was like Gwent Open Five, where and I, I remember that I played, I lost to Andy Bunt in the finals. I think for that tournament, my preparation was 
uh, 15 minutes long. I just made the decks and I sent them in, and that was it. So yeah. it was when I started getting consumed. So yeah, so I I got my alchemy list. Okay, let's put swords in here. I, I have my graysword, so graysword are good against consume. Then I was what's the other deck? Ah, I can play Spurskatel, and it took me like 30 minutes, and I didn't practice the decks at all. I just you know. Took them and I did really good. Yeah, I mean I still got to the finals. I lost three two to Andy one, which didn't have consume, so it was a bad matchup for me. Yeah, so if you are playing a lot, if you are playing a lot like I used to, few hours a day to grind the ladder, then uh, then you need don't need to prepare that much. You know. Yeah, I actually agree. Sometimes I feel like well, uh, if the the less I prepare, the better I do, uh, do in a tournament because that also makes me. If I prepare a long time, it makes me probably uh, overthink a bit too much. Whereas I should probably go mostly with what I'm comfortable with. And especially if you play each day, then you generally have the idea each season uh, for what what you want to bring. So I don't, yeah, I don't think uh, doing preparing for several weeks is uh, needed or ideal at all. Uh, also, I would like to ask, what's it like? So playing on pro, so what's the difference of playing in pro ladder and playing on a tournament? So like live tournament, playing is in front of a whole crew. What's it like? How, how much different is it? Uh, it's not that much different. Um, the the biggest difference is that you are more nervous, obviously, when you play in the tournament. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, obvious thing. And I mean, also you know, you are not uh, at your place. At your home, it's so it also feels a little bit different, you know. There's like Puja behind you, or like Dandelion, you know, crossing by. So it feels a little bit different, but it's not that much different, you know. Like at first, I was in my first tournament, I was very nervous, and I even made some some mistakes because of that. But after each tournament, it uh, it got better and better, and now it feels I'm like I'm not even that nervous uh, in the tournament. And and if I'm not that nervous, then it feels pretty similar, actually. To playing uh, at home. Yeah. Um, you said that you are not really preparing that much when it comes to tournaments, but do you think that people who actually um, prepare together with a teammate who are on a team have an advantage? Do you think that their preparation process is better? Do you think that they um, that that process yields better results? Because see, I think you used to be in a team, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think but... that. Did you prepare the, with the team? The, or did you prepare alone? I was the only Gwent player in that team. Okay. Oh. And have you actually considered joining a, a Gwent team? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that's that's not a priority for me now. Like, it's not that important. Yeah, but back to the question: Do you think that, for example, Team Team Riotosa, they they produce a lot of tournament players? Do you think that their preparation process is better than just preparing on your own, just just going through the decks and lineups yourself? I mean, it depends on the person. I think for me, preparing alone works. For some other people, preparing in a team might be a lot better. You know. Um, yeah. One thing that uh, I think that I wanted to ask is because this time CDPR actually invited like the whole audience, a lot of content creators, a lot of people who care about Gwent. Um, does it make the whole atmosphere of tournaments more relaxed? Do you feel do you feel like you are performing better when you have the the, the, the let's say offline time where you can just chill with with other players, have fun, have a beer, and you know have a slice of pizza stuff like that? Because I think this, this is the first time they did it. 
Yeah, it's the first time. I mean, it doesn't make any difference on my performance, but I just enjoy it more because then, now then I get to you know talk to more people, and yeah, I like I like that you know, to you know interacting with some other people, uh, meeting new people. Yeah, I think that's cool. I like that. I hope that they're gonna you know do that again in the future for like at least for the bigger tournaments. And another thing is, uh, because this time around you were the only player who came with Cleaver, the challenger. Uh, how does it feel when you know you are the only player who came with a specific deck or with a specific play, and it works? Do you feel like yes, I'm the only one? It's it's a very unique play. I'm the only one who figured it out, or just or does it just feel normal? Yeah, I never thought about that so i guess it didn't feel any like it didn't feel that special to me uh, but i mean yeah, yeah i guess i guess it's like it's it's a it's a good feeling right if you if it works and yeah that then you know that you just did something right right i never really like thought about that that much okay PJ Villa, would you like to expand on the topic of tournaments? And because I think that's one of the very few occasions that we have the chance to yeah. talk to an actual champion of the challenger. <clears throat> I mean, what was your most memorable moment uh, as a competitive player, pro player? And that's not an easy question. It's not an easy question. I, I mean, the, the easy answer is to you know. The easy answer is to just say winning challenger. You know, that's that's the easy answer, and I'm probably just gonna stick to it. Yeah, <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. And um, what else? Like, um, usually after like a ch- like a tournament happens, um, people are starting to net deck those decks, right? For the, from the pro players. Um, do you, do you think that it has like a big impact on the meta, or do you think it's like after a couple of days people will start to play the the current uh, meta decks? Mm, yeah, it has an impact, right? Like you notice it after tournament, quite a lot of people actually play those tournament decks on the ladder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's maybe a little bit funny if, if like if the deck is bad on the ladder and people still play it. That's maybe a little bit funny, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Most of those decks are still good, so yeah. I mean, but yeah, like, do you, do you think like, but do do you think it it could work like on pro ladder, for example, like decks from from tournament? Because I feel like tournament and pro ladder, it's like there's like a huge difference. Yeah, completely different environment, right? Yeah. Could you maybe say something about it? Mm, I mean, yeah, those are. Uh, still good decks. Uh, for example, from my last challenger, like all of my decks were would be, would still be, perform uh, very good on the ladder. But s- some decks are, mm, you know, uh, are tech tech specifically for the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. For example, you know what you are buying. For example, Francesca was very very popular on the ladder, and if you knew that you would ban Francesca, then uh, you wouldn't care about Francesca. Then you would make your deck quick to Francesca because you won it anyways. And then if you try to play this deck on the ladder and there are a lot of Francesca, then obviously this deck, this deck is not going to be that good. It's going to lose to Francesca a lot. So yeah, you have to keep that in mind. Like You have to uh, keep in mind what what was the like, um, 
the player's game plan, well, like what was he banning and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, go on, BJ. Seems like you have another <laughs> yeah. question. Like you said, like everyone was betting uh, Francesca, and for example, like Jesse, he, he opted to 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 actually tag against Francesca and ban DJ. Um, um, yeah, well, what what did you thought of that? Um, not a very, not a not not very good. I think that it didn't work that that well for him. Yeah, I was. I mean, probably everyone considered it like friend. Everyone thought that everyone is gonna bring Francesca, so okay, can I take against it? And most people said nope. No, it's too, it's too good. I cannot make four decks that gonna consistent consistently win against Francesca. So most people just opted to to ban the deck, you know. And I did the same. Yeah, exactly. And because the first day of the tournament, you don't really know what your opponent is gonna bring to the table, right? You don't know the decks, you don't know the lists. Uh, so how does it change the way you play if you advance to the semifinals and you already know, okay, this is the list my opponent is playing. Do you actually still prepare in the meantime? Do you go through different scenarios of, of, of how to uh, counter the deck your opponent is playing? Because that's the first occasion you actually see the list. Mm, I don't think I ever did that. Uh, like, uh, I just, I don't really care. If, okay, if there is something very spicy that my opponent is playing and I have like zero experience playing against that deck, then I could maybe practice a little bit, you know, before like day, day two, once I get to know the lists. But usually I, I just don't care. Um, and before you said that um, it doesn't really matter if the audience is there and, and stuff like that, but does it matter? Because there was the first challenger that took place at the studio, or maybe the second. I think, I think um, there was a couple of challengers that took place at a very special location, like you know, the salt mine or a castle. How do you feel playing in, in a location like that that has been chosen for a tournament? Is it different from playing at the studio? Do you feel like more... Do you feel it's, it's, it's more rewarding to, to, to be it's brought to a special really, place? It's not really different because, like, stuff looks similar. You know, there's the same table, same chairs, same very similar decorations. It's pretty similar, you know, to, to the studio. So it doesn't make that much difference. But I suppose like the environment, right, of the place is a lot is a lot different. Like I mean, I don't pay attention to that. For me it doesn't make any difference. Villa. Yep. At least when I'm playing, you know, when I yeah. when I'm hanging out then I see, oh that's a nice castle, right? Very fun. But when I'm playing then I don't think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think one question that I could ask is What's the most annoying part of playing <clears throat> at a tournament somewhere else rather than your own home? Are there things that you just don't like about being there and playing, you know, at the studio or at a location? Mm. The chairs. Chairs are not <clears throat> very comfy. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, need to, you know, I need to, you know, sit like, like this. I cannot... You know, lay back and just because then it's not very comfy for me. <laughs> yeah, because and that's not very, not very good for your spine, your back. So that's the that's the the worst thing. Yeah, because I've heard people saying, "Oh, the microphone is kind of not in, not in a good place," or the makeup is not what I want. It just feels very very artificial stuff like that. So yeah, that the chairs I can I can imagine that. 
And guys, do we do we have more questions about the tournaments, the environment of tournaments, competitive play? Do we have anything else in that regard that you want to ask mm. right now? I mean, there, I think there's one question that we did not ask. That is like, how relevant would spectator mode be for the competitive scene? Uh, pretty relevant, I think. I mean, that would make the community tournaments much much easier to to know to actually stream them, mm-hmm. which would like bring more attention to those tournaments. Tournaments. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty big feature, and that should be implemented soon. Like it's, I think it's pretty important for the game. Yeah, because even the qualifiers, for example, could be streamed, right? Because you yeah, know, yeah. just expect the players that are playing in the in the tournament. I think people would love that shit. Yeah, totally, totally agree that it should be in the game. Um. So yeah, Vila, do you have more questions about tournament? And no, I mean. The real last question about competitive quest I want to know is what's your stance on season two not being announced yet? Of course, we know, like like uh, Weisenberg said, uh, Berger said, season two is coming. But uh, what is your like stance on it right now? How how long are you willing to wait? I think we already asked that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping that I'm not gonna get disappointed that the format is actually gonna be good and. Yeah, I think everyone is hoping and waiting. And I mean, if you wait so long and then you get disappointed in the end because the format sucks or something like that. Yeah, exactly. for me it would be like if it's like very very qualifier heavy, then I would be I would be really really sad. Yeah, like you want to avoid a situation that we got shortly after Homecoming where people were disappointed with one major patch that was midwinter, then they had to wait so long for new content, and then when it dropped, a lot of people just didn't like it at all. And I think that CDPR should really avoid making that mistake again, in, but this time in regards to the competitive play. Um, so yeah, now we can, we can I guess, move to uh, the last segment, which is like random and a little bit more personal questions. And something that I've been asked a lot, just people were just saying, just ask it and be done with it. Your, um, your gym routine, like people are just so jealous of your sick gains. I know it's a ridiculous question, but since we are doing just personal missed questions right now, is there anything you want to share with the viewers who would like to improve their lifestyle? Mm, uh, yeah, I advise everyone to to start exercising. You know, going to the gym, it's it's really good. It has a lot of benefits. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to gym routine, I think it's like probably would take too long for me to go into specifics. You know. But yeah, just just do it. Just do it. And another question that I got in the meantime is, how do you feel about memes about yourself? For example, when you wake up, you know, the next day, and you see, oh god, there's another like, meme clip or, or, or a Photoshop or something like that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love memes. <laughs> Especially about myself. <laughs> I, yeah, I, loved it. I love it too. Uh, whenever someone makes like a meme. Uh, from me, <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Mm, okay. Another thing that 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 I was asked to ask is, uh, what do you do outside of streaming and, and playing? Went people people just would like to know the more personal side of Tailbot. Mm, I mean, yeah. So like I said before, like going to the gym, 
no some time I also you know spent on you know on diet you know food prepping stuff like that. I also play on the guitar, you know, oh, cool. which oh, is yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool, yeah. And then I mean I read some stuff like I used to I used to not do that, but now that I have more time, then I'm also reading a little bit, you know, watching watching some stuff, TV shows, stuff like that. I mean, going out from time to time, yeah. I mean, just nothing nothing too too surprising. And how do you feel about being a celeb, a quent celebrity of sorts? Do you get a lot of weird messages, or just random messages, or or, or people just saying cringy stuff to, uh, uh, to you during your stream or 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 in DMs? How does how do you go about that? Because I can imagine, you know, one of the best players, a lot, one of the a lot of people ask a lot of people ask me for pit picks after after the last stream. <laughs> no, but. I don't get I don't get many like the, the weird messages messages or stuff like that. I think it's, it's that's that, that's actually bad. good because um yeah. we we had Pavel a couple of weeks back and then he said sometimes it's absolutely crazy like people recognizing him on 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 the subway. Uh, he even got a couple of love letters. Yeah, some creepy uh, fan girls. Uh, right? I, I remember any... like even once on Reddit there was like ah it ah no it wasn't uh, like. Yeah, it wasn't connected to Pavel actually. No, it was it was a different thing. But still, it was. Uh, okay, never mind. Never mind. Go go on go on. <laughs> go this for is, it, I mean, like, okay. You cannot start I mean, and cut it off. I mean, you've, you've seen it. You all have seen it. The the Lippy Brown Erotica, but it wasn't you know connected to Pavel. It was uh, Pavel had to had to drop a leak, and then the guy posted the Erotica day after or something. Oh God, I remember that. Oh, <laughs> uh, if. Uh... If we only got it ready. <laughs> yeah, if only, man. And so we, speaking we of situations like that, what's what's your overall experience with the community? Because Reddit can have significant mood swings. Like one thing that we talked about uh, among ourselves was how how uh, Reddit changed its approach towards a different content creator, um, Jaguarus. That she was heavily criticized for not playing, and then a month ago she got praised for playing and creating starter decks and stuff like that. How do you feel about the community in general, and and their their mood swings and and how they? Um, I like it. On... Yeah, I like the community. I love the community. I I I got to you know meet meet a lot of people uh, in person too, which I honestly prefer. Uh, I prefer like meeting people like in person than talking to them in you know online. I prefer that. Uh, yeah, as long as they. As they don't talk about uh, game balance, game design, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> but, but but why not? Because because uh, you would uh, disagree, or do you think that they they often express a very rushed opinion? Uh, yeah, because mostly because I disagree. Yeah, somebody says face to face for the intimidation factor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I did saw him play um, arm wrestling with Dom Marcus. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm just surprised that that specific meme has not reached its height yet. Like I've seen maybe one one version of of that meme. Yeah. <laughs> like the community is slacking here. Exactly. We demand more memes, more tailboat memes, man. <laughs> Guys, do we have do we have any more any more questions? No, no. DJ really. Villa chat maybe. The Morcus was cheating. 
Was he? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean, I heard something about that too. <laughs> um, yeah, how, how, yeah, how did you like um, having like that, uh, having like an audience at the Challenger? Um, would you like to see way. that again? Yeah. yeah, but would you like to see that again? And I said that that I would like to. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I guess it's the time for plugs. Tailbot, this, this, we are slowly approaching the end of the podcast. Uh, what more can you tell about yourself and where can people find you as a content creator? And actually, maybe, uh... like maybe, maybe to expand a little bit on that thought, are you, because you said you're going to stream on a regular basis, but is it something you want to do long term? Yeah, yeah I mean, at least uh, this season two doesn't, get, uh, you know, doesn't happen, uh, at least until that. And if season two happens, you know, we'll also see like what's the format. If any, if I'm gonna have time to stream, then it's very likely that I, I will also stream. And if it's like very time demanding the format, then it's probably gonna be really hard. You know, for obvious reasons. And yeah, you can you can find me on on Twitch. Uh, Stabot, I think. Yeah, it's just Stabot, same as same as you know, same as here and everywhere. And you can find me on Twitter, uh, Stabot with the uh, underscore. And yeah, you can also find me on my Discord. You can join my Discord. Uh, you can find the link on my on my Twitch uh, Twitch page. Yeah. Cool, Villa. I know that you have a regular streamer uh, streamer streaming schedule of one stream per month, but when where can people find you? Uh, Twitter and Twitch, uh, I believe. Those are the two places. Yes. And then Discord, if 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 you happen to be on the same servers as me, you can usually find me hanging out BJ's Discord. That's that's the usual place I'm on. Yeah, he's my supreme commander in chief. You know, I'm gonna hang out there. Yeah. Okay, BJ, any closing statements? And where can people find you? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitch. I will stream regularly uh, during the work days. Um, I will have. I will uh, have less time in the future. I need to um, you know, spend more time on studying, but I will try to fit in streams regularly. Um, you can just find me on the Baby Joseph's and on Twitter, it's the same. Just Baby Joseph's and you can follow me there. And then uh, yeah, you can interact with me if you want to. Okay, guys. Um, well, you know where you can find me because we are on my channel right now. Uh, but yeah, I also make. Uh, I also started making YouTube content, like weekly recaps. So you can just type exclamation mark YouTube uh, with a link to my chat, to my to my channel, or if you want to see my Twitter, then exclamation mark Twitter. Tailbot, thanks for being here. Really, really appreciate it. It it was a great talk. It was a great experience to have a challenger yeah. champion to have on the show. Happy to be here. Guys, uh, BJ Villem, also thanks for uh, co-hosting this episode with me. And as always, guys, if you want to stay in touch also off-stream, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, uh, Novigrad Podcast. Very easy to find. Um, and as I said uh, in the beginning of the show, uh, if YouTube is the preferred platform, uh, this episode is going to be uploaded in a couple of hours. Just tap exclamation mark YouTube. So yeah, once again, chat. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks for hanging out. Um, we're gonna rate somebody, and I think I think I know who we're gonna rate in a moment. We already discussed that. Um, so please stay tuned. 
<laughs> and yeah, once again, thanks for being here. Really, really appreciate it. See you guys, guys next time. The next episode is going to be in two weeks, as always. We already have a guest, but we are going to announce it in a couple of days. So once again, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for chatting. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.